Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 16. In today's episode, we'll be talking about leadership development meetings. Shai is going to discuss the leadership development meeting framework for mentoring your team and walk us through an expanded meeting agenda you can use to support your leadership development throughout your organization. Good morning, Shai. Good morning, Craig. Shai, I'm excited about the topic you've chosen today being the leadership development as it applies to mentoring your people. Well, I figured since it's the first day of February and that is a month in which we celebrate President's Weekend and some of the great leaders of our country, I thought it would be an appropriate time to kick off with the topic of leadership development. Now, I do have to say for myself personally, I also like to celebrate President's Weekend by going to Sun Valley and snowboarding with a lot of my buddies. Wait a minute. (laughs) This is part of the therapy side of uh, leadership? Is that it? Oh, it is. Well, I think, you know, being outside and heightening your senses and your sense of awareness and awe and, you know, having a few beers with some good friends is a great way to develop your personal leadership skills. And leadership is one of the larger challenges or work side of the equation of leading a company. It has so many phases to it. Yeah, it really does. And a lot of our clients really struggle with meetings in general and understanding how many meetings is the right amount of meetings, what kind of meetings should I be having, which ones are really necessary. And so when you think about leadership development and the reason why this kind of meeting format can be very powerful is if this is done right, you're really developing a mentoring relationship with those that report to you. You're modeling your leadership and through regular practice of listening, thinking, questioning, prioritization, elimination, goal setting, and giving and receiving feedback, you're truly setting up a habit pattern to develop leadership throughout your organization. Oh yeah, your business is waiting for you to lead. Your business is more than just yourself. It involves the team and the organization that you have and the ability of your team to be able to lead also. So there's a lot of representation and imaging that has to take place to be a great leader and have a great corporation. Yeah, and I I hear this from my clients uh, all the time as they go through the coaching process and try to think more strategically about the work that they do and how they spend their time and they become more aware of how they spend their time and how they prioritize their own time. You know, big thing we focus on in time management, and we covered this topic actually when we talked about the most important thing concept a few episodes back, is really helping people eliminate distraction and understanding what to focus on and more importantly, what behaviors to let go of. It involves time, but it's really an investment. The continuous investment, it includes time, it includes energy, and it includes learning. The best leaders are also the best learners, and they're all about affecting positive change in their organization. I couldn't have said that better myself, and I further would say that within the organization, as leaders are trying to understand, you know, how much time should I spend physically at the workspace And what kind of things should I be doing while I'm there? You know, what is the best role I can play when I'm there? The answer again and again that's reflected back is you should be there to lead your people. 
that's the most important reason you're spending time physically with them is to provide that leadership, that guidance and support and help eliminate distractions for them and help develop their leadership. And so one of the most effective tools you can implement to do that is a leadership development meeting. So let's talk about some of the benefits of of the leadership meeting. Sure. So I think primarily you're building trust because you're providing the opportunity for the leader as mentor to ask for feedback from the mentee about their performance as it relates to their leadership goals. A lot of people talk about empathy and emotional intelligence, and this is the opportunity to really increase your emotional intelligence by building empathy because you're providing the opportunity for you and your mentee to get to know more about each other on a personal as well as a professional basis. You know, Craig, another thing, we talk a lot about increasing performance, and one of the best ways to do that is by providing a regular opportunity for positive feedback and minor course corrections for behavior that has not had positive results. Here's a symptom that you're not having these kinds of meetings. If you're having a problem with one of your team members and it's escalating, it's because you're not speaking to them on a regular basis. They're not getting feedback on a regular basis. And by having these regular intervals pre-scheduled, you're developing that habit loop where you're having discussions while things are small. So you're reducing the variability in the types of interactions you have, and you're taking care of problems while they're small problems before they become big ones. One of my favorite strategy professors would say, you want to kill Goliath when he's a baby. That's excellent. And you know the element of the continuous professional growth of each one of your people, that growth leads to increased efficiencies and productivity of each employee and to the team, and it grows to your customer base too. And, you know, the other thing is reducing distractions. I mean, this is the primary role of leadership is to reduce distractions for your team so they can get better results. So by providing a regular forum for updates and non-urgent issues that need to be discussed and prioritized and agreed upon, what you're doing is you're modeling, again, that leadership behavior for those that report to you and depend on you so that they are not anxious and constantly then interrupting you with issues that are really non-urgent. So you're getting them to think more strategically because they're comfortable knowing they're going to get to speak to you on a regular basis about this. And in turn, the huge benefit you receive immediately is they're going to be distracting you less, which allows you to focus on the most important thing. This is something I come up against all the time with clients. They're allowing that interruption continuously and it drives them crazy and they don't know what to do about it. And the question is, do you have a regular meeting scheduled where they can bring all of these items that may not be urgent? The majority of the time, it is not urgent. There's always exceptions. But the ability to know that in their pocket, they've got that meeting with you one-on-one time, quality time. They can bring up issues. They can come up with actions and suggestions between the two and be supported. Yeah, the additional benefit of just reducing conflict because you're providing a regular form to recalibrate expectations from any of your open loops. So, you know, maybe status has changed on a project and this is the time to talk about it. You're meeting on a regular basis for those updates and then you can reach new agreement on what the next actions are. And finally, really is increasing team member retention and satisfaction. You know, there's a recent study shows that more than half of employees leave their job because of a bad manager. Yeah, I've been reading that continuously relating to the bad manager scenario. Why did you leave? I couldn't stand my manager. 
And it's becoming a large issue that is addressable with some investment, just like we're talking about. And so think about how costly that turnover is and how demoralizing it is to your team. And so this is a really important tool that can help you really reduce that feeling and lead your team better and, of course, foster leadership uh, within their actions as well. And keep in mind, of course, there's a large difference between leadership and dictatorship. (laughs) That's exactly right. And so, you know, in thinking about the background and, and the reason I wanted to talk about this today is in many large organizations that I work with, they have a lot of uh, predetermined meetings that they're going to have. And sometimes these are called status meetings or one-on-ones or check-ins. And that whole thing of a status meeting, it implies more of that authoritarian dictatorship kind of meeting. Like you need to provide me with your status, with what's going on. I need to know what's happening. Well, let's face it, Craig. I mean, think about all the different ways we can keep up with each other on an ongoing basis about project status now. Oh, yeah. Great tools out there. Wonderful software. Everybody can know what's going on at the same time continuously. Yeah. So the status meeting becomes like this this required thing that we have to do that's a thorn in everybody's side. And candidly, I've had people in large corporations tell me that they not only dread these meetings, that sometimes they half-ass them or skip them or reduce them to (laughs) five or 10 minutes because they already know what's going on. But the organization requires them to do it, which is completely demoralizing and not productive. It tends to be one way. It's all of the information flowing from the mentee to the mentor, or in this case, the leader, and nothing in return. It's just absorption of data. And this format really challenges that, and it shifts the focus. Because again, the biggest value you can get out of taking the time to actually meet and interact one-on-one with your team member is to provide that leadership opportunity for both of you. And increase the depth of your relationship and understand better what's happening within the organization and develop really good critical thinking and prioritization skills. And that benefit translates throughout the company. Agreed. What kind of time do you think this takes? Good question. So ideally, you want to be targeting a one-hour meeting. And the sample format that I've put together for our listeners really walks you through how you can do this in about an hour. This can take a little longer at first. But you're going to want to do this on a weekly basis, and you might not get through every agenda item at every meeting. And we'll talk later about some things to really emphasize if you are in a time crunch. Uh, But ideally, you're looking for one hour with each one of your direct reports for this type of meeting on a regular weekly basis. What about the preparation for the meeting? Is there an additional time I should allow for that? Yeah, if you could picture that you're having these meetings on an ongoing basis, what happens is you're going to develop a habit. So in the beginning, it may take you a little more preparation. When you're first going through this type of agenda, and we're going to have this template available in our show notes at businessownersradio.com, you'll see as you look at this expanded agenda, it may take you a half an hour to 45 minutes to really prepare well for that first meeting. It may take you a little longer than that. But on an ongoing rolling basis, once this becomes a habit for you, This will take you less than 20 minutes uh, throughout the week. And if you are paying attention to certain cues that we'll also talk about today, the actual pregame before the meeting, you could do in as little as five minutes. Excellent. Let's take a look at the agenda. Walk me through it, if you would. The first item on the agenda is really building trust and empathy. And this only takes about five minutes. 
And the idea here is you just want to ask a few questions that you would ask anyone to allow you to see each other as people and not just coworkers and not just as the boss and the direct report, so to speak. To give you an example of the types of questions, how are you feeling? How was your weekend? How was your family? It's just that warm introduction for you to get an idea of what's happening in their life. Because this is how we relate to each other, and that's the foundation for building trust and building relationships. So it'll give you a peek as to what they're going through. And you can also reflect back, hey, this is what happened to me this weekend, or this was a great place I ate, or you know, this was a book I was reading that I really enjoyed, or a show that I saw with my spouse. It's just regular conversation. But we often skip this over in our effort to try to cut to the chase, so to speak. Sure. And, and, and what you're missing there is this huge opportunity to build that trust and understanding. And the warning is you can't fake this. If it isn't real, if you can't be real with your staff, they won't be real with you. They'll sense it right away. It's so true, Craig. And that's why I, my favorite question is how are you feeling? Not how's it going? How are you feeling? Because it's a simple question and it allows them to speak their mind. And it's amazing what comes out when you ask that simple question. Sometimes it's, I'm feeling great. Had a great weekend. Everything's going well at work and that's awesome, right? And it's no more than that. And then you move on to the next item. Sometimes it's, oh man, you know, uh, a buddy of mine passed away this weekend and it's killing me. And that gives you, again, a leadership opportunity to display caring. And, and who doesn't care about something like that? Yeah, the real world. Yeah, the real world. And, and you're right, you can't fake it. But if you don't ask the question, you'll never know. And then quickly that shifts into mentoring responsibility. And that question is simply this. How is your team? (laughs) Just like you asked, how are you feeling? How's your team doing? You know, how is their progress? How's their morale? What have you learned from them? Are there any significant changes or red flags? And what this does is it grounds them in demonstrating that you care about them and that they should care about their team as well. And this is where it sort of sets up that reflective leadership. The caution, of course, is to not be sidetracked into addressing each one of the mentee's issues with his or her people at that moment, but to give them an experience into the process that they can apply as a mentor to their team. Yeah, that's such a great coaching point there, Craig. And it's really true. Remember the goal in these questions. The goal in these questions is to establish trust and develop empathy and understanding of what they're going through and to gain insight into what's happening with their team and to model that behavior. It's not to fix anything. It's to gain understanding. Excellent. So after that, the next best practice is jumping into eliminating distractions. And the goal here is to emphasize their focus on their most important thing. Again, modeling that behavior and ensure that you're providing the necessary support for them to enable their success. So you want to ask them directly, what are you focused on? You know, what's your highest priority this week, this month? Chances are, again, as you've done these meetings, you know, on a weekly basis, you sort of know what that is. But you ask the question, what are you focused on? How are you progressing? What are your obstacles or what are your challenges? And then what can I do? And this is a really important question. What can I do to improve your chances of success? Now, this isn't how can I fix everything for you? And that's not your job. But one of your jobs is to give them the resources they need and help eliminate distractions for them to be more successful. So simply asking that question shows your support and actually can open some opportunities where it might be a quick phone call you can make 
to help them close a deal. And again, keeping track of the issues and the next steps. And this is not a social meeting. It has a social element to it at the beginning, but leadership mentoring has focus, determining the course of action and the options, and then taking the action and then reviewing the results. What's next? Yeah, so you want to recalibrate any open loops, right? So we've covered, like you said, what is the most important thing you're working on? How can I support you? And now we're jumping into, okay, well, what are the previously discussed items that require new actions or a change of plans? Do we have any open items from last week? You're reviewing what your agreements were. And this is where you can also add any open items that you've been tracking that need to be recalibrated. So maybe the deadlines have changed because circumstances have changed. And that means you need to have new agreements about those things. There may be some redelegation or distribution of tasks in order to make sure that you still stay on track to reach your goals. What I like about this framework is all of these steps so far are about five-minute steps each. It's very concise. It flows nicely. You're quickly going through the past, the present, and working towards the next items. It's very efficient in its use of time also. Yes, they're simple questions. These are one-line questions. And again, the template that we're going to have for you in our show notes gives you several samples of these kinds of questions. And I encourage people to develop their own. But you're exactly right, Craig. You're going through these things in five-minute chunks. And that leads us right up the past, the present, and now the future, which is prioritizing and acting on new items. And this is a little more of the meat and potatoes of the meeting. This section could take you 15 to 20 minutes to go through. And one of the things I would challenge you with new items is there's a real opportunity here in mentorship to teach the team member that you're working with to bring to you new items already pre-prioritized. So let's say they have a list of 10 things they want to talk about. Well, that's probably too much for one meeting. So challenge them Say, you know, bring me your top three things or your top five things that you really need and show me how you prioritize them. And, and so when you asked me originally, how long does this meeting take? Well, in the beginning, you want to leave maybe a little more time for this because you're both learning how to work together in this way. But ideally, where you want to get to is where they present their new actions. They've pre-prioritized because they've thought about them and you've led them on how to think about things and how to prioritize those things, which makes it efficient for both of you to discuss them. Shai, you mentioned the rolling agenda, keeping track of these new items and the past items and rolling forward. And who's in charge of that and how is it managed? Yeah, I love that question. Um, we both are. The, the mentor and the mentee have items to manage on the rolling agenda. And again, there's a lot of great tools to do this. Some people will keep a rolling leadership development agenda in their task management software. And so they'll have the meeting with the person's name in it and they'll have a section in there for new items and each one of them throughout the week when they think of new items will just add that to do in there and then they sort of restack and prioritize them prior to the meeting to discuss them as they go through them Uh, but even if you don't you don't need a tool to do this other than a pencil and paper if that's what you're comfortable with i have a client that talked about hey you know what i What I do is I like to work in notebooks and I write a lot of notes in notebooks. So when something comes up to me that I know I want to talk to my report about, I simply jot down a note and I stick it right in their file and I keep a file with their name on it. So throughout the week when things come up, I just stick it in the file. And then I review that 10 minutes before our meeting and and stack it and prioritize it in the way I want to talk about it. And on the mentee side, 
again, you should have this discussion. Here's what, what I'm looking for in a rolling agenda. I would like you to keep track of your items and whatever method works well for you so that when you come here, we're ready to go and you've already pre-prioritized them. And that's where when I talk about as you get good at this on an ongoing basis, this is maybe at the most 20 minutes. It's during the week. You think about something, you jot it down. That's, that's all the preparation it takes. So after they brought you some of their new items, what about some of the items that you want to talk about? Yeah. You know, again, this is why this is to me, you want to set aside 15 to 20 minutes of your agenda for this section because you want to first address their items because primarily you're supporting them. And then you want to introduce the prioritizations that you have for things that you've kept throughout the week. And this is really also a place where you will provide mentoring and guidance on small course corrections that you were not able to make at the time you observed them. So what this means, Craig, is if you think about like those things that come up during the week and maybe they're behaviors that were not appropriate or that you felt could have been handled better. And depending on the various circumstances, you didn't have time to really talk about it right when it happened, which is really, by the way, best practice is to address things as soon as possible after you have observed them. But we know there's some challenges to that. And candidly, one of the biggest challenges, a lot of us just aren't comfortable with that, <laughs> with that, right? And that, that, that which is a challenge uh, in and of its own. Um, so having the scheduled meeting at least gives you a place to hold that. And at this point of the agenda is where you're going to want to address some of those things. This also helps model the behavior you'd like to see in them emulating and providing feedback to those that they lead. Yeah, I like that from the standpoint of they're looking for tools and capabilities and leadership skills to deal with their own team members. So this becomes a role model. It's a a role play in which you're dealing with real world issues, real items that are both on the plate of both the mentor and the mentee. And this replicates itself with their team members also. So it's an excellent exercise. Yeah. And and when you practice it on a regular basis, it allows you to provide corrective feedback in small bites, which lessens the negative effects of hearing that we did something that, you know, is a little less than awesome. So, Chuck, can you give me an example of how this might work? Sure, Craig. And and this is the point. This is these are small course corrections. So it might be a little thing that you noticed. Uh, So an example could be if you've ever experienced where maybe somebody on your team has the habit of not always replying to everybody that's in the email chain. And as you know, that can lead to some open loops. So way to correct that would be to say, hey, I noticed when you replied to the message I sent regarding the sunset project or whatever project that is, I noticed that you didn't copy the rest of your team. And when you're sending an update, please remember to copy everyone who was in the original thread to avoid creating any open loops. It's as simple as that. But the point is, is you're addressing it now while it's a small problem before it becomes a bigger problem and leads to bigger issues. And let's face it, if you're meeting on a regular basis and you notice that you're saying the same thing over and over again, <laughs> now you have a symptom, which is different than a problem, and, and you can address it that way. But instead of saving all this stuff up for our once-a-year annual review where we say, hey, by the way, you really suck at uh, copying everybody. You need yeah. to get a lot better at that, and you're an awful person. You know, you, you're just dealing with things as they come up, which is a much more effective way to lead people and affect change. Yeah, the course corrections, you and I, and when we do our aviation side of our, our world, minor course corrections early on have a huge effect 
hundreds of miles down the road. So course corrections in real time, course corrections on a weekly basis, just make it for a better environment, keeping things on track early. You mentioned some of the elements of giving some feedback. Is there other things we should consider in the feedback side? Yeah, and really leads into the next agenda item, which is providing praise and support, you know, which is another way of saying feedback. And the reason why I frame it this way is because it's so much more important to provide praise and support (laughs) than it is to just provide constant feedback about every single thing that happens. And we've already addressed within the agenda the opportunity for new items And new items can be new behaviors that were observed that you want to do those small course corrections for. But now's the time to really talk about, you know, what the person does that's really great. And I would challenge every leader out there for each one of your direct reports, where you want to be with this is every week, if you can name at least one specific positive thing that that person did that either you observed or heard about from others and express your appreciation for their hard work, you will see a huge increase in morale and performance. And and what's important when you do that is to specifically include the why about what the thing that they did that mattered, like why that mattered to you and the organization and the positive result that that was really created. So let me give you an example of that. So let's say you had someone, you had a massive meltdown in customer service and it really upset a customer and one of your people really stepped up and just did a great job of managing you know they reached out they called the customer they followed up with an email and the email was very well written and it really captured exactly how you want this it's exemplary of how you want this to be handled well you want to reinforce that work so now you're meeting with this individual and it's as simple as saying hey john you know nice job on that follow-up email by the way uh, regarding that customer service meltdown last week And I appreciate that you called him immediately to offer support. You took the initiative to overnight a new shipment at no additional cost. You know, this is such a valuable account to us. And you clearly demonstrated that with your actions. And then finally, your email closed the loop with him and it kept our team informed. It was short, well-written and sincere. Really, really great work. Thank you for that. That's a great example. And brings back memories of uh, surveys I've read where one of the largest complaints of employees is they feel underappreciated. As a leader, you need to have your eyes and ears open to catch people doing the exact things that you're trying to grow your organization to achieve, to propel the culture and the business forward. Yes, and that's hard enough in itself. Now imagine that you haven't created a space to provide that on a regular basis. You know, it's very different for John in our example to sit down and receive that feedback directly from you and get to bask in that glow than a simple reply to saying, hey, nice email. Thanks. Yeah. Good job. See ya. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is so much more meaningful. And obviously, if you're always taking five minutes in the middle of the day to jump in and have this conversation, you might be distracting John from something more important that he's doing. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so that's not always the, the best format. So, again, creating this regular space for providing praise and support is huge. And it just takes a few minutes. You jot down a few things during the week. You pay attention. Again, if you're a paper person, you print that email out and stick it in John's folder. And so it's there for you when you go through the agenda. And you say, man, this is this is really great. And maybe you say, hey, I kept a copy of that for your file. That's huge. Yeah. And so, as you know, Craig, leadership is a two way street. Mm -hmm. And so the next part is modeling leadership. 
In asking for feedback, this is your opportunity to broadcast your intent to improve your leadership skills. So an important question is, you know, what have you been working on that you would like to improve? Maybe you're trying to become a better listener or be more responsive to your team. Maybe you want to improve your delegation skills by more clearly defining a successful outcome. This is the place to really model that leadership for your mentee. It, it takes a very emotionally mature leader to ask for feedback. And so it's a great example for to the owner's self that they are achieving and want to achieve a point in which they can get feedback and take feedback and act on feedback from their staff. Yeah, and you know, we hold them to such a high standard, right? We expect so much from our team. And how can we really do that if we're not expecting a lot from ourselves as well? So we, we talk about you know, the pursuit of excellence, trying to have a learning culture, trying to have a growing culture. And that really starts with you. As you know, it starts with the leader. And so being able to model, hey, you know what? I'm working on this particular skill and I'm trying to get better at it. And, you know, this thing happened this week and I want to talk about it. Now, this does not mean, again, I have to bring this back in and say, this does not mean that at every single meeting you have, you're going to bring this particular item up. I encourage you to, to be able to offer praise every time. That should be a goal. And that might not happen every week, but that should be a goal. You know, when you're thinking about the things that you're trying to improve in yourself, it means that you're paying attention for times where you, you maybe wish you handled a situation differently. And you've had some time to reflect on it. At the weekly meeting is a great chance to clear the air here and say, hey, you know what? This is something I've been working on and something came up last week. Shai, I know you and I have talked and I remember you having a great example of this. Yeah. And so like, let's say, for example, where you're trying to improve your delegation skills and maybe things didn't go so well because you didn't set a clear deadline. And it's so funny, the psychology behind deadlines that so many of us struggle with. I can tell you, I personally struggle with this. And part of this also is just the way we use language. So a lot of people will say things like, oh, I'd like to do this by later next week or let's let's shoot for uh, two weeks from now or <laughs> or, you know, I, I want to have that by the close of business next week and uh, or the close of business tomorrow. And that means different things. And the more we work remotely and we work with people from different cultures, different time zones, man, that ambiguity just gets amplified. Yeah, it's a huge mark of leadership skill is that clarity of communications and just the continuous refinement to be concise and to be crisp and totally understandable as far as what are exactly the expectations. And then they can be negotiated if necessary. Yeah. And, and so let me share you this example from, from one of my clients. And this is a way to talk about it that came from this outcome in a very successful discussion that he had during one of his leadership meetings. And it goes something like this. He, you know, what he said to his employee was, hey, Jeff, you know, I've really been trying to improve my delegation skills to help you plan your work better, help me keep on track and reduce any difference in expectations in our work that we do together. And so something happened last week I've been thinking about, and I would like your opinion on how to get a better outcome. Last Monday, I asked you to give me an update project status report, quote, by the end of the week, which I realize is a little open-ended because what I really wanted was I wanted to have that report by Thursday morning because I needed to check my projections for a board meeting Friday afternoon. I was concerned, though, about adding too much to your workload which is why I hesitated to provide the firm deadline, even though I really knew that that's what I wanted. And then as the board meeting approached, 
and I was finalizing the presentation, I became anxious because I was missing the data I needed from you and I was running out of time. And that resulted in me then asking you for the report two more times when I saw you Thursday afternoon. And I could tell you're getting frustrated about that until finally I said, look, I have to have this first thing Friday morning which I now realize is also an ambiguous time frame because first thing Friday morning is not a time. Um, So because I didn't clearly define that deadline and the reason that I needed the data in the first place, I actually transferred my anxiety over the need for information into a distraction for you by repeatedly asking you for something that you had already budgeted time to finish later on that Friday afternoon, you told me. And that increased both of our frustration levels And that's really disappointing to me because it's my job to eliminate distractions for you not to create them. So here's what I'd like to propose. In the future, I'm going to try to include a very specific deadline for anything I ask you to do. And I trust you to let me know if you can make it happen. In this case, had I simply asked you to have the report for me by 9 a.m. Thursday morning instead of, quote, by the end of the week, it would have been less of a distraction for both of us. Even if you could not make a 9 a.m. deadline, you could have suggested an alternative, and I'm sure we could have reached an agreement. In the future, if I do not provide a specific date and time for any deadline, I would like you to please ask me to clarify or suggest a date and time that fits with your schedule. How does that work for you? Yeah, it's a great example because in this case, in so many cases, the employee or the Um, mentee feels like they're doing a good job. You said, you know, sometime next week. And so you scheduled it in based on your time availability, which leads to micromanagement from the leader, wanting it earlier, even though they weren't clear in their communication. The point is that behind every accountability problem is a failure of the leader to adequately describe the successful outcome. And when it comes to delegation, that successful outcome needs to have some lines around it. And setting a clear time for completion will do just exactly that. So, Shai, how do we clarify some of these agreements that we have going forward in this particular meeting? Well, I think this is where you review, you know, in this next section. And again, this is, it's five minutes. We've gotten through all of these agenda items. And now we're just clarifying any of the commitments we've made. And actually, we're looking for these open loops in our agreements, So if we're saying, okay, well, I'm going to do that thing and and you agreed to deliver this by next Tuesday, that should be a red flag for when you need to go, oh, what time am I going to need that by Tuesday? You know, when do you need that by? We need to clarify that. So again, going through and then maybe somebody will realize something in that discussion like, oh, uh, using the same example, um, I'm going to need that report next Tuesday. Oh, what time do you need it by? And then the other person looks at their calendar and says, well, actually, you know what? I, I really don't need it until Wednesday at noon. I, I was going to review that over lunch. Actually, that's good because I had another deadline on Tuesday, but I can schedule that for Wednesday morning. It should only take me 45 minutes to prepare that, and I can easily have that to you by noon. That's mm-hmm. clarification and agreement. Yeah, Both of you have clear understanding of the agreement, and it's documented. Exactly. And it's important that you are taking you know some minutes from these meetings. And they do not have to be extensive, but you do want to jot down any clear agreements that you have and you want to make sure that that's in a follow-up, you know, either an email or whatever vehicle you want to use to convey that, that you both have a copy of those agreements in writing. Most people just simply find that sending a follow-up after the meeting to clarify those things, you know, keeps everybody on the same page. And then, you know, they keep a rolling, again, this is your rolling agenda. So here were the clarifications from last week. 
if you're a paper person, you write it down, what your new agreements are, you stick it in the file, pull it out next week. Yeah, I've had a client that utilized Word, uh, Microsoft Word, for documenting the meeting. And each meeting had its own box, if you will. And in that box with a time date was the agreements, the actions, and the follow-up. And so they are always looking at that box for the next meeting of what needs to be achieved for the next meeting in preparation and the action items that each was going to take. And then they both are looking at the same document. And the beauty of it is you can look at the previous meetings, the previous weeks, and you can really see a lot of accomplishment. So it builds on itself and the ability to bring leadership into all levels of the organization, grows that organization in strength and capacity, and the culture of the company grows significantly. That's been the result. And so the last item on this agenda is a really strong conclusion. And this is, again, five minutes, maybe it's one minute. You want to sincerely thank the mentee for their efforts, their feedback, and for taking the time to meet with you, because it is important. You want to confirm the date and time for next week's meeting. Maybe something's changed. Let's make sure that we firm it up because it's important that we meet again. And then there's always an opportunity for one last question. And a question that I like, and there's a lot of ways to ask this kind of question, is simply this. What did we not cover today that you wish we had discussed? This really gives one last opportunity for your mentee to ask something that they may have been holding back. And sometimes this can prove to be the most important part of the whole meeting. And it's something they can look forward to. They know that open door is, at, is in that meeting. They know when they have that question or concern that there is a portion of the meeting dedicated to that where they'll have an opportunity. Yeah, and it speaks to the different personality types that you're likely to encounter within the organization as well. And some people are you know, more comfortable speaking up than others and uh, just constantly providing that open environment and ending on an open question you know it's very different to say to somebody what did we not cover today that you wish we had discussed it's a very different question than do you have any questions absolutely because the answer to do you have any questions is nope (laughs) because we all got to get back to work right yeah and you're concerned about the time and you're not wanting to end on a on a down note you're wanting to end on a positive note but a positive note being what else is there You know, just leaving the door wide open. Exactly. So, Sean, as a business owner, what if I don't have the time to invest in these meetings? If it's a struggle for you to get through an hour, maybe start smaller and maybe start with a half an hour meeting. Uh, I can tell you that if you can only schedule a half an hour or 15 or 20 minutes, you can capture the most important parts of this agenda in just four questions. And simply put, those questions are, how are you feeling? How is your team? What are you focused on? And what can I do to improve your chances of success? And some people would say, oh, well, shoot, I could just, I could actually do it in two questions because I could just say, hey, what are you focused on? And what can I do to improve your chances of success? But by eliminating those first two questions, you're really missing the whole relationship building, the trust building, and the mentorship, because you're not demonstrating that awareness and care about them and that caring about their team. So those two questions and their responses really set up that environment and their readiness to focus on the tasks at hand. 
And then you jump right into what are you focused on, which is really more of a management tactical question. And then you end on the very strong leadership note, which is what can I do to improve your chances of success? And they leave feeling supported. That's really helpful, Shai, especially for those who want to start out this process but are not ready for the full marathon in of an hour. But at least taking those first steps and containing it to what they're able to do initially and then grow over time, become more comfortable with the process. Yeah, and just even those four questions allow you to do a quick you know, check-in really with any of your uh, folks that you're leading at any time and get to an effective outcome. And speaking of time, that'll conclude today's discussion of leadership development meetings. You can download a free leadership development meeting template in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show. And, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.